The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Midweek Mailbag. We are back. It is our Midweek Q&A show where we take questions live from Twitter, from Twitch, from YouTube, where we, wherever we can get them, and we answer them right here live on YouTube and Twitch. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Do- Detroit Online. And with me, my work Valentine, <laughs> the man, the machine, the what I feel like we need to give you a new title in the off season. Hmm. We'll we'll think about Top. it. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have anything good. Nothing. Okay. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to turn. Uh, I'm sure someone else will have a very sure. creative uh, alternative. We both seem to still be uh, exhausted. A little bit. Regular season. <laughs> It's 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 more of an exhaust. Like I'm, I think I'm more exhausted of the off season already rather than oh from. <laughs> oh my! But anyways, yeah. you can find him at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric Schlitt is here. Eric, I have two questions for you. One, yes. is it weird for me to call you a work Valentine? And two, can a machine feel love? Uh, yes. To okay. the second one. Okay. But not the first. Not okay. the first question. First question is acceptable. I'm <laughs> I'm uh, I'm disappointed you didn't wear any red or pink uh on, on this Valentine's Day, but you know what? I'll uh I'll have to adjust my expectations accordingly. All right. Yeah, I mean listen, I'm 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 a single man. It's a tough well, day for me. Except at work. <laughs> All right. Uh, enough shenanigans at the top. Let's jump right into your questions, which, again, we do take via Twitter. We take via our live audience, all that sort of stuff. So if you ever want to send us something, use the hashtag AskPOD and I will find it much easier than some other questions. But let's start here with the breaking news story of the week. <laughs> uh, Detroit versus everyone at Colin Country Guy asks, can you give us a bit of scoop on Matthew Betts and what the Lions are getting? With his will, his skill sets translate to the NFL, or is this a flyer for a guy who may or may not make the team? Well, you know, with most players, it's about opportunity and just being in the right in the right situation. Uh, he's been in the NFL before. Uh, he didn't make it out of training camp, and then uh, was drafted by the CFL. The CFL afforded him an opportunity where he could uh, showcase the skills a little bit more, lower level competition, but still real football uh, being played. And so he is able to expand his game to develop and he's put himself in an, into uh, a situation where he has another opportunity. And 
Will that translate? I, I don't know. Maybe, right? Like it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's a long shot. Look, let, I mean, let's be realistic. When you look at the numbers, it's a long shot for you to make, for people to make it to the NFL as it is, but then to go a different route of going through a different league to come back to the NFL, it happens, but it's still, again, it's, it's it, more often than not, it's a, can you show me something to stick around and, and, uh, you know, develop it maybe even more to, to get your game to an even a, a higher level. So my expectations are low. Um, and I mean, look, I don't know how to set them high. Um, I mean, did he show out well in Canada? Absolutely. Uh, could that translate? Certainly. Will it? The odds are against him. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat and I don't want to like immediately slam this guy's chances at, at sure. like, listen, Dan Campbell answered a question about the, the XFL and the USFL sometime last year and talked about just their value as a league. I think it was Dan Campbell. It was, it was one of Lions coaching staff and they, and and like he just, he, he praised how important that can be and how many careers yeah. get lost because they don't have the opportunity that bets had, which is to develop. Like you said, just getting reps in. It's so important to grow yeah. as a young player to get those reps in. And so, I mean, even, even if you look at Betts' CFL career, like the first couple of years didn't do anything. Last year was a breakout season for him. So, Clearly something clicked with him. Clearly he's getting better as a football player. The problem is he has never played a high level of competition, even in college. I mean, he went to college in Canada. He played in yeah. the CFL. And and it, we always talk about in the NFL how there's such a big shortage of good offensive linemen. Yeah, certainly. Well, we're talking about the CFL, which is like three tiers down. No offense to our good friend, John Whitaker, but. That is a very low level of competition that he's going against in terms of offensive linemen. And so it is, I mean, sure. he's, he's going to get his challenges when he, when he arrives at OTAs and when he arrives at training camp, like he's going to be going up against some good offensive linemen if he gets some first team reps. And yeah, I, I kind of doubt that he's going to get first team reps right away, but listen, <laughs> he's, he's going to get an opportunity here to me. It's like, it's him versus James Houston. And who am I taking the guy who's had NFL production? I don't know if, I don't know if there's going to be room on this roster. And obviously we're far away from building out the entire roster, but I, I view right. those guys as kind of fighting for the same roster spot when everything settles and my money is on Houston right now. Well, I mean, and James, if you're looking for a career arc that Mims would be hoping to see, it is James Houston. You yeah. know, he's at, uh, he's, he's at a, a Florida, you know, he is, doing his best. He it's his dream playing his dream position. Can't get the opportunity. Can't find the field. And he's struggling to, to get recognized transfers to a lower uh, level school and then shows out in one year, but then he gets the opportunity. And then he, again, has to build his way up and then has a, has a really good end of his rookie season. And, you know, yeah, then unfortunately breaks his leg last year. So right. It's possible. I mean, James Houston is a great example of that. Um, but it all you, you got to see how it goes. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to see how he fits. The, the not every NFL scheme is the same. And if in in a four three, maybe he doesn't run as well. Or if it maybe a three four, he's not going to show out as well. But maybe as this kind of like hybrid situational uh, front that Detroit runs, maybe that suits his skills better. And and so. You got to get him in camp. You got to get eyes on him and then you'll be able to better assess what he can bring to the table. 
And I, I think like it's worth pointing out, like some of the physical traits are there, right? He his sure. athleticism is is crazy. His his three cone score was like ninety eighth percentile or something. Granted, it was a pro day and not an NFL combine official score. Um, and and listen, like the Lions got a pretty well respected defensive line coach too now, and so the 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 opportunity to develop to continue his development, and and they've also yeah. listened. They've had his the eyes on this guy. Since the CFL ended, right? They they brought him in for a visit in December. Yeah. So like I don't think this is just a courtesy signing. I think I think they see potential there, but that's just the thing. It's it's only potential at this point. We have to see him go up against NFL level competition before I can sit here and definitively say no, he's not going to make it, or yes, he's going to make it. I'm with you. All right. Next question here. Uh we're gonna smush two of these together. Victor Valquez at Hail to the Victor three. Asks, I know backup quarterback isn't your favorite topic. First of all, <laughs> not true. People love my takes on on backup quarterback situations, particularly in the offseason. Uh, says, but hypothetically, would bringing Jameis Winston in on a reasonable deal be a realistic possibility? Culture-wise, he fits like a glove. Everyone raves about the kind of teammate he is, and he could fit fill Teddy's role a bit. And then I want to kind of squeeze this together with Reese Scoweather's uh, question. who says, is the plan to have Hendon Hooker's QB2? So I do think the plan is to have Hendon Hooker QB2, and I want to push back on the Jameis Winston thing just a bit. Sure. Because I want to go back to week 18. And okay, yeah. Yep. I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. And um, the Saints are beaten up on their opponent. They get down into the uh, at the goal line. And they are sh- are taking knees or showing that they're going to take a knee. Yep. And instead of and the and the call from the coach is to take a knee. And instead of taking a knee, he hands it to Jamal Williams and allows Jamal Williams to score his first and only touchdown on the season. Um, that's another story. But um, <laughs> he went rogue. I mean, he, he went rogue. Yeah. And, and I know, like, the teammates think it's fun and he was, you know, he's an entertaining guy. But there is absolutely no way that fits with Dan Campbell. Like, and I get that it's a circumstantial, situational thing and blah, blah, blah. But Winston's a bit of a loose cannon, in my opinion. He has yeah. been always, and, and honestly, he's not that good. Like, I don't think he, he's that good. He's no right. Teddy Bridgewater. Like, and I don't think he's better than Hennon Hooker. So would I bring him in? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch Jameis. I, I probably wouldn't either. It's worth noting that there was a year overlap in New Orleans with him and Dan sure. Campbell. So Dan Campbell's sure. going to know whether he's a culture fit or not and better than anyone. And so, yeah. I mean, that's it's just worth pointing out. I couldn't tell you. I don't know Jameis that much. I, I know there was obviously some some okay. things, but to me, like the bigger question here is what do the lines want out of their quarterback room in 2023? Do do they need a veteran guy like a Teddy Bridgewater or David Blau or Jameis Winston? It, not not necessarily to be the number two quarterback, but to be the, just that veteran presence that Chase Daniel of the locker room where you have a guy that's, that's going to be a great clipboard clipboard holder. He'll be a great presence on the sidelines with, with, you know, the mic on and, and all that sort of stuff. Do you think that's something that the Lions are going to pursue this offseason? I think they did that last year in preparation of getting Hendon into the spot where he can be the guy. Yeah. Um, do they need to bring a guy in or will they bring a, someone in to be a veteran quarterback on the practice squad? I certainly think that's an option. Okay. Um, but I, I'm 
am fully expecting them to roll with two quarterbacks this season, spend that extra uh, uh, roster spot on, a, on, a, on another place where they can get a little bit deeper. And you spent a third round pick on Hendon. Right. You know what I mean? Like for a reason, right? Yep. Like, and look, Jameis also, it, he, he makes it, he made like four and a four and a half million dollars last year. Like, that's not yeah. that's not worth it for me, especially if you want him to be QB three, because you really you spent a third round on Hendon. So he will be your QB, two. So for me, I'm not I don't I don't I'm not interested in yeah. Jameson. I, so I, I I think you kind of outlined it in, in the idea. I, James Winston to me is, is a no go one because just what what you just said, like he's going to be too expensive and not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. So story was career. Right. But I think I think there is there there is going to be some sort of veteran added. And I think you nailed it that it's probably going to be someone that makes the practice squad. And so to me, it is it is someone like David Blau. It's not someone who's going to knock your socks off, but it's a guy like David Blau is a respected person in that locker room. He's a respected, you know, mind in the locker room. And I think that's what they're going to be targeting for that third quarterback in the room, because I don't think they have any intention of playing their quarterback three. I don't think they want to. Usually when you get to quarterback three, that's when you're calling your Joe Flacco's of the world, right? That's when you're you're seeing if Matt Carson Ryan wants Wentz. to come out of the booth. Your Carson Wentz, whatever. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and so I think I think in general, you go into the season with two quarterbacks, you're comfortable playing football and one you want as a extra, you know, guy to to help pitch in in, in whatever sort of way. And um, you're probably going to add a rookie as QB four for camp. For right, camp. like, yeah, right, and so you're gonna say, "Hey, QB four rookie, can you push this veteran right and make it worth our while?" Because, and I think, I mean, that seems very logical uh, approach to to quarterback this offseason. All right, next question here. Uh, this one, this is this is gonna be an interesting one because I want pe- I want you all to really think about it because I know everyone's like initial answer here, but it comes from Papa at Papa Smurf ninety nine on Twitter. Asks, after one season, would you rather have Jameer Gibbs or Devin Witherspoon? And and also to, to be clear, it was never like this isn't a, a one-to-one comparison because obviously the lines traded back from six to twelve and they got some extra draft capital that turned into Sam Laporta. But just just let's just make it a one v one comparison here. Would you rather have Jameer Gibbs or Devin Witherspoon? All right. Well, are we including the fact that if they don't draft Gibbs, they probably don't trade Swift. Right. Yeah. You know no, what I, I mean, think, yes. I so, think that, so that's now, part of the equation. Right. But now, so but now, now we'd be entering mm-hmm. Swift's final year, right? Like Swift. Or, sure. No. Or he'd be, Swift, he'd be gone. He'd be gone, right? He'd be entering yeah. free agency this year. Right. So it, it would have been, would you rather have had Swift and Witherspoon last year, just Witherspoon moving forward versus Gibbs? Yes. Oh, That's a tough question. It's it is I, a tough question. I, Everyone knows how I'm going to answer, but but every- no, but I'm probably with you. Yeah, I'm pr- because like I do think Witherspoon was this rare young quarterback that that could start and make an impact, and yeah. I believed in him early last season. Yep. Like, and I was I was on that early train proponent. the whole way. Yep. Um. I would probably say I still think he's the guy I would have preferred 
at that spot. Of course, the caveat here is by taking Swift, you get the extra pick that ends right, up turning right. into something. Like, and so like, yeah. yeah, so there's all these areas that unfold. But yeah, if it's just one for one, I think Witherspoon is still the bigger impact. Yeah. And and listen, like Witherspoon mostly played nickel, although he toward the end of the season, I think it was more 50-50 between him and the out and, and outside. And so the fact that the Lions have Brian Branch makes things a little bit more complicated here. But to me, it's it's just a matter of scarcity. There are yeah. not a, as many. It, it is so much harder to find a good cornerback than it is a good running back, period. Yeah. And and I'm not saying Gibbs isn't a special player. And I'm not saying like Gibbs, Gibbs is a special player. He is, he is in the conversation already for a top five running back in the league. Agreed. Um, but. Again, you, you can get. You you can get good production out of a lot of running backs, and and they can come from a ton of different directions. Mm-hmm. Those lockdown corners are not a dime. There's a reason why you pay upwards of twenty plus a million for a cornerback, and you don't for a running back, is because they are more scarce. So, Devin Witherspoon would be my choice, and it it wouldn't be much of a question. But I'm not not at all trying to disrespect disrespect Gibbs his rookie season. Like I said, I think he's in the conversation right. of a top five running back already. Yeah, I think that's the thing that like we have to be cautious here with is like I had Gibbs as a first rounder. Um, I thought he was a first rounder despite the position, you know, right. that was that's been devalued. Um but like there's so much it, it's so hard because it's just it, it's really not a one for one right thing. And so yeah. yeah, it's it's a hard question, but that's why it's why Papa Smurf asked it and why I wanted to bring it to the table. It's a challenging question. It it, it certainly it, is. Yeah, and I don't think there's a right answer either, right? <clears throat> All right. Uh speaking of tough conversations, um well, now my computer did something. Okay, there we go. Um let's talk a little bit about Tracy Walker. Uh this question mm-hmm. comes from Trains and Planes at Paul Cause Seven. It says, Can you put a percentage on filling for me for, for on, on regarding Tracy Walker? The percentages mm-hmm. of each of these outcomes. He's on the team with no change in his contract. Mm-hmm. Zero. <laughs> I'm with you there. <laughs> on the team taking a pay cut. Traded I think, yeah, versus okay. released. So we got four options. No change okay. at all. Taking a pay cut. Getting traded. Getting released. I think we can eliminate no change because you can't pay a guy who is inactive during your postseason run $12 million. Like, so yeah. that's yeah. gone during the There's playoff. Zero. Run. He's, he's right. He's not even out there. That's a zero percent chance. He's currently Tracy it, going into 2024. Tracy is the third highest paid lion. He has right. the third highest cap it. Okay. Yeah. And right. he's not amongst your 48 players, top players like that. Yep. It's a not that, that he's not going to be on the team in that capacity. Would he take a pay cut? I think he still believes he's a starter and has the potential to be one. So taking a pay cut for him, I think would he would rather take the money that he's mm-hmm. owed and start over. And so I would put that at like 5%. Yeah. Like maybe uh, traded. I think the 12 million is too much. So I don't think you're, you're going to have a market. Yeah. Uh, I don't base, think anyone's base salary is, is eight. So that's what they would have to eat. Essentially. I don't think people 
I don't think there's a team out there that would give a seventh round pick for a $12 million safety who wasn't on the 53, essentially. Yeah. So is he released? I think that is... Mm, so I'll say traded is 3%, and then that'll leave me with 92% chance that I think he's gone. And I absolutely hate it. Of course. Um, You're because a big walk, I, fan. I loved Tracy from the moment I saw him step on the field. Um, I'd established a relationship with him uh, in, in his during his rookie year. Uh, we... It, <sighs> I, I enjoy him terribly as a person. He is, he's, I, I, it's the hard part of the business. Yeah. But the circumstances being what they are, how Detroit values him versus how he values himself. There's a very small chance he would take a pay cut and stick around, but I think he's going to bet on himself and that would mean he's probably going to get released and he's going to get a chance to start over and hopefully find success in another organization where he could get earn a chance to start. Uh, because I don't think that opportunity is going to be in Detroit anymore. Yeah. I, I, I almost have identical percentages to you. And the only thing I really have to add is I didn't get the vibes from Tracy Walker that he was very happy all year. And not not in a way that he was being disrupt like in a way no. that Dan Campbell no, no, talked yeah. about CJ Gardner Johnson, where it's like he doesn't have to be happy about his situation, but he's going to be professional about it. That's what Tracy Walker was this year. You could tell he was not in a great mood and he didn't I mean he he would still talk to media if, if you approached him, but like you could it tell is. he wasn't he wasn't happy. And he has every right not yeah. to be happy, but he went about his work. He did his work, all that sort of stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to paint a picture like Tracy Walker was at all a bad locker room influence no, or anything like that. None all. of that was not happy. at all, mm -mm. but he wasn't happy. And, Correct. and I just don't see a situation in which he's going to get approached by this coaching staff, which I'm sure he's not entirely happy with again, just out of a decision-making thing, not a disrespectful thing. He, he doesn't feel necessarily disrespected just frustrated and sure if they were to approach him and say hey we need to drop your base salary by six million and drop you to a two million you know base salary he in in order for what for him to be at, at best a special team player no i, I I'm, I'm with you like at least a 90 to 95 percent chance that this that, that walker is just going to get cut it, it's best for both parties it really is walker can mm -hmm. go out there and get an opportunity to start somewhere else and the yeah. lions just can't afford to pay 12 million of their cap on a guy who can be a backup but right. it, it's it's just it's the best situation for both there doesn't need to be hard feelings here there doesn't need to be a feeling of betrayal or the lions bungled this or is it, I mean, you could say maybe it was a bad contract that they, that they initially handed out to him, but like they, they really believed Walker was going to be the, yeah. the heart of this team, right? The heart of this defense. And it just didn't well, work got, out. You got to remember two years ago when he got the contract, he was a established starter and, yeah. a, and a leader, right? Like he, that was the role he was in. Yeah. And it's just happens to be that they acquired and developed guys that are younger, cheaper and plain and have surpassed him on the, on the depth chart. And it's, it's, it's hard because it's not like he's really done anything wrong. He just hasn't improved at the rate that yeah. the, that branch and, and Melifonu have. Yep. 
All right. And Kirby, for that matter. And great. And Kirby. Um, all right. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, more of your Lions questions here on the first offseason edition of the Midweek Bailback. We will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Midweek Mailbag here. Myself, Jeremy Raceman, with Eric Schlitt, answering your questions, free agency, draft. If you watch us live, we talk a whole lot more about other stuff as well, and it's it's entertaining, and it's, it's mostly lines related. So, uh, as always, I like to encourage people to watch our live show on YouTube or Twitch. Just search Pride Detroit on both platforms. But let's get back into the questions here. Again, I'm kind of going to squish a couple here together. We're going to start with Zach. Uh, Z Giscant 12 on Twitter asked with all the cap space, do you think the Lions take a chance on a trade to take on a big contract like Khalil Mack from LA, or do you see them focusing on signing their own and being smart in free agency in the draft? I'm going to squish that together with Steve Watson, who asked, is Daniel Hunter from Minnesota going to sign with Detroit? So people, people are dreaming big right now. Understandably. So like it, it feels like the Lions ventured a new phase here where their window is very clearly open. If they can add, a superstar talent, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's on the defensive line or a lot of people obviously want a corner. They're looking for a splash. <laughs> how likelihood, how how likely do you think either of these scenarios or maybe even one that that's off the board, you know, like a Jalen Johnson type of signing? Yeah, I, I, I think the priority is going to be retaining the guys that they have. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then after that, I do believe there will be an opportunity to try and get a splash player on defense. I am, I am leaning towards a player in the secondary more than I'm leaning towards a player up front. Mm-hmm. So um, a guy like Hunter or Mac m- might not be as high of a priority as a guy like Jalen Johnson in my eyes. I don't know if that's necessarily how the team will view it, right. but in my mind, the you have to address corner you don't necessarily have to address edge. Like it would be nice to, and you can add talent in a lot of different ways, but I would spend more money on a, on a corner if, if I were in Brad Holmes is position. So, but I, I do think retaining their own guys is, is going to be priority one, right? I think yep. I'm on raw extension could be in the works. A Jerry Goff extension could be in the works. You're going to pick up that fifth year option on Panay. So you probably don't have to extend Panay 
this offseason. I think with that fifth year option, you get another year. Uh, plus, you're going to have to pay him in islands. So you don't necessarily want to start doing that this year if you don't have to. Um, and then, um, you know, you got a couple other guys that are potentially upper extensions that you may or may not want to, uh, you know, let go another year. So, like a Leem and, and Iffy. And so, I think number one priority is going to be Goff and St. Brown. Yeah. And then what kind of money do they have and who is the player in the secondary is where I think they would try and make their splash. Yeah. And again, it, it goes back to a little bit of the scarcity thing. Well, I mean, corner and edge are both tough to find yes. in free agency yes. and in the draft. So those are high profile positions that you, if you're going to spend a lot of money, those are the ones you should probably do. Now, in in the specific scenarios of Khalil Mack, I'm not going to get that excited about trading for a 33-year-old who has a 17.5 million base salary next year. Now, because of those qualifications, he would also probably come relatively cheap. You know, you'd mentioned PFF Brad Spielberger threw a trade out there with the lines in particular said a 2024 fourth, I think it was, a fourth round pick. Um, I, it would have to be later than that for me to get on board because of the salary, because of the age. That to me, I mean, you're 17 and a half million. That's, that's a pretty big chunk for a one-year deal. Yep. I'm not, I'm not really on board with that, to be completely honest. If, if you're going to invest a lot of money in a free agent, make it a long-term. Because again, I, Brad Holmes can't make it any clearer. Like, this is, not an, this is not a, our window's open, let's go get it situation. This is, we need to stay where we're at and continue to rise and not let it fall off at any point. We're not, this isn't a, a one or two year Cinderella story. We want to stay at this level and trading for Khalil Mack and his humongous salary is a short term move that will hurt you in the long term. Or you trade for him and then you, you uh, have to give him an extension to lower that contract. Right. And then you're extending a 33 year old over right. multiple years. And so that becomes a little bit problematic as well. Right. Um, I do think if the, Price tag was lower on on uh, on Mac. Yeah, it'd be a little easier to to pallet bringing him in uh, or making a trade. So if you could get L.A. to uh, to eat some of that, which I don't think they can, um, you'd be okay with it. But realistically, uh, going after a player in free agency like a Hunter, yeah, is probably a little bit more logical if it you're is. going to address that route. And listen, like I, I get the appeal of Daniil Hunter and in, in a dream scenario. Yeah, that'd be awesome. He's an outstanding player. Sure. You're, you're not only adding to you, you're taking away from the Vikings. He's going to cost like $23 million a year. Like, yeah, it's going to be a monster contract. And the, like, I mean, you just referred to it. Like the lines are about to hand out a bunch of monster contracts They're they're going to hand one to Amon Ra probably this offseason. They're going to hand one to Jared Goff probably this offseason. They're going to hand one to Panay. You know, yep, Aleem is Aleem might get one this year. And, and I understand like you can format those in certain ways. They're not going to hit hard this year. But if you're going to sign a guy like Daniil Hunter, you're also going to like sign him to probably a longer term deal. And then. Suddenly, if you're doing all of these deals in a one or two year span, they're all going to hit hard at the same time. And so I to me, I just don't see a like top tier. I, I'd be very surprised if the line signed like a top 10 free agent in this class. 
it's just it's not their style. And I know I understand the lines are in a different place than where they've been in the past. I understand their salary cap situation is better than it's been in the past. I would also say it's not as good as I think some Lions fans are saying. I like they have a modest amount of room, not a ton of room, not a small amount of room, a modest room. Like they're 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 comfortable, but not they don't have a a a bank vault ready to use on uh-huh. on free agents. I think they have more than I think maybe you're giving you're considering. Um, because, uh, okay. So we all heard an original, the original number of, uh, that of the lion's cap space being what, what was it like upwards of like $40 million. And then Justin Rogers said, oh, it's probably going to be closer to like 30 or, or maybe it was 50 and now it's closer to 40. Right. Right, Or whatever. right. Right. But. And, and, and Justin's correct. It is going to be closer to 38. Right. But that's only when you factor in like the draft class, how much it's going to cost to have like practice class. And all teams are going to be doing that. So like if you're like comparing like the Lions to the Bears or, you know, and they're like, oh, the Lions had 50 and the Bears had 60. And now all of a sudden the Lions have 38. Well, the Bears are going to drop as well because they have to right. factor all those things in as well. So I don't think they're in that bad of a shape. No, um, I'm not. They're, they're I think they're going to be like, I think they're going to be in a good spot, but yeah. it's going to cost a lot to retain the guys. I agree it, with it, you. It's that. And, and listen, the, the Lions can also create cap space by extending right sure. like that's that's absolutely an but also i mean we just talked about tracy walker mm-hmm. we all think he's going to get cut that's he's five and a half right that's i mean but but it's yes. also like it, it's it's additional dead cap i don't i mean to me in general like it's 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 it an is. okay situation but the and and i mean like brad holmes went out and said like if you, you like we're not in a space where we need to go on a spending spree. He's never gone right. on a spending spree last year. You can say like he spent a lot on Cam Sutton and a lot on David Montgomery, but those weren't like the best options in free agency, right? Those top level guys that are getting 20, 25, 30 million a year. The Lions have mm-hmm. never gone after a guy like that. And I just, Brad Holmes has said, we like it, it's going to be different, but, but our approach is going to be the same. And so I'm like, I'm trying to be the, the uh, animal house guy who the, the, the riot is happening. He's like, everyone be calm. Like <laughs> you guys are, are headed towards a disaster by raising your expectations for this off season a little bit too high. Sure. They'll get new guys and they'll get talented yes. guys. I just don't think they're going to get the top end guys because you have to overpay for those guys. And I think Brad Holmes is just unwilling to do that, to play that game. He knows it's not worth it in the long run. Most of the time. Just to put some numbers um, to these guys, like Chris Jones is going to make like thirty million dollars a year. Like so, like if yeah. you're thinking the Lions are going right. to go get Chris Jones, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, Josh Allen is probably going to get franchise tagged, right? Brian Burns is probably going to get franchise tagged. Matt Bouquet is probably going to get franchise tagged. I don't think you're going to play twenty million to Christian Wilkins. I don't think you're going to pay. Um, would necessarily want to pay twenty plus million to, to Hunter, right? Like those are, those are big numbers, but would they pay like 18 for a corner? Like, I don't know. It still seems high, but that's what you're talking about right. for like Jalen Johnson uh, or, or Ladarius Sneed, right? You're talking about like in that 17 to 18 range. 
I don't know. Like the next guy on the boards, what? Like Kendall Fuller, maybe, right? Like is Kendall Fuller going to cost like 12 million, maybe? That's right. like off the top of my head. Like, is he going to, like, is he going to float your boat? Like, is he going to be, right? Because for me, the drop off, that's a pretty big drop off in talent. Yeah. Like, you're going from a guy who can be CB1 to a guy, another, you're putting another CB2 out there with your existing CB2. Right. And so I don't know. It, it's going to get real tricky. And, Will they? I, logic says they're not going to spend it, but will they? Because things have changed. All right, all right. I'm not ruling it out, but I'm not. But, but listen, we we just got in in the off in in our break. We just got yes. done talking about how unpredictable Brad Holmes has been relative yes. to the draft, and and there, yeah, he could do something yeah. that would surprise me, but because they're in a different spot, right? They're in a yeah. different spot than they were the last three off seasons. So you may they have are. a change in approach. You might, but I, I tend to take Brad Holmes at his word. And like, he specifically said, I agree with you. like that, you know, don't expect us to change who we are. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think he even mentioned like a high cost free agents. We're not at a point where we need that. Like, I think he said generally those exact words. And so I'd be surprised is all I'm saying. Yeah. Because another thing we talked about in the break is that in their last uh, three drafts, they've produced 11 or 12 starters, depending on how right. you viewed Josh right. Pascal. Right. And so you're going to have to pay four of those guys soon. And yep. then you're going to have to pay another four of those. Guys. <laughs> right. going, and then it, the, the cycle keeps going. So right. yes, they're going to have to be cautious in how they spend, because if you want to keep the talent that you've homegrown, yep. you're going to have to need, you're going to need capital available. And to be clear, anything that I like, I, I I'm I'm of a full belief that you should never talk in absolutes in general when it comes to this league, but in particular with Brad Holmes too. So even though I think it's unlikely that the Lions go for a top ten talent, I'm not. I'm also not going to rule it out a hundred percent. All right. Speaking of free agency, let's talk a little bit uh, about internal free agents here. Jason Krolik at Krolik on Twitter asks, which is more likely, Josh Reynolds returns or CJ Gardner Johnson returns? Josh Reynolds. Yeah. I think Josh Reynolds represents a bigger need at a lower cost and someone that they has proven reliable over multiple years. Um, CJ just had an injury that he's dealing with. Like he's, there was a reason why he wasn't offered a multi-year contract uh, from the lions or anyone else last year. And so uh, I think Josh Reynolds is an easy sign at a low cost and a reliable option. And I know people are going to be yelling at their, uh, listening devices right now wondering why I'm talking about resigning the guy who dropped a couple passes in the NFC championship, but his body of work, his, his relationship with the team, the dirty work that he does off the field, or I'm sorry, uh, like uh, uh, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are so many things that he does that they want and that they like. I think it's, that's an easy answer for me. Yeah. Easy answer for me as well. Um, the only thing I really have to add there is that just because you're re-signing Josh Reynolds doesn't mean they're not going to potentially upgrade the wide receiver position. Like a lot of like I think people forget like you can just re-sign guys and they can be your depth. Not every signing has to be a starter level player. It could be about filling out your yep. depth. And the Lions' depth is better with Josh Reynolds than it is, and and so would not surprise me at all for them to sign Josh Reynolds and then 
you know, with one of those four top 100 picks, draft a receiver, draft an outside receiver. Mm. Mm. There's some I, talent. That's going to be, that's going to be the, the book on every draft from now on. You can get a starting level talent in the top 100 because it's the way the college offenses run now. Right. The receiver classes are always going to be pretty deep. And I, I know the Lions have two draft picks already in their, their wide receivers with, with Amon Ra and Jamison yeah. Williams. But, but like, that is another position that like skyrocketed in price over the past mm-hmm. few years. Like, do you remember the 2022 for like re-signings? Yeah, like, can't look at Kenny. Yeah. Look at Kenny Gallagher. Kenny got, yeah, Kenny got <laughs> that big deal. My goodness. Everyone, like the, the Dolphins unloaded their entire salary cap on a couple guys. Um, that's that's what the market is. Last year it settled down, but only because there weren't a lot of guys. Like Amon Ra is going to get over twenty million a year. Like that's that's what it costs to retain or sign wide receivers. So you want to try to stay young. And mm-hmm. so if it, you can, if lot- you can, like, like, just think about like the cost effectiveness. Not, I'm not like sure. twenty. Let's say twenty three million a year for Amon Ra, and you can get a Josh Reynolds type for three or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. That's that's great. Like Josh Reynolds at four is a great deal. And and I have to imagine he's pretty happy with where he's at. Sure. I, I think we're going to see the wide receiver market uh, adjust um, over the next five years. Sure. As the market gets flooded, you're going to see it. I think you're going to see a similar outcome that you saw with running backs as the wide, as the running back market got flooded, the contracts went down. I think you're going to see that with wide receivers down the stretch. That being said, a player like Amon Ra, you absolutely pay for it (laughs) because you're paying for, you're paying for everything he does, not just on the field, off the field, the swagger, the mentality, the leadership, you're paying for all of that. <laughs> and that's why he's worth the price. Right. And, and so not, I'm not going to sweat yeah. what that price tag is going to be for Amon Ra at all. Not, and, and I'm not either, of course. And yeah. not, not that a, a general manager operates this way, but also that has been one of the most underpaid people in football over the past three years as a fourth mm-hmm. round pick. So you got him at a bargain oh, for yeah. three years, time to pay the piper a little bit. All right. Next question here uh, comes from B Penny, Detroit Oil Money on Twitter. Asks who on the Lions' current roster do you think could follow Dan, the Dan Campbell path and be a head coach? Oh gosh, I like this question. It's it's if off, yeah. it's off the beaten path here. Um, yeah. But who's like if that you, cerebral player? If you if you pre-thought that and you have an answer, go, you go first uh, because I have to think about this for a second. Um, yeah, I mean. One of the first people that jumped to mind is Alex Anzalone. Yeah, that was the first one that came to my mind, too. But but part of me is like, he's also very much like a family man, and I'm not sure he would want to spend the hours that it requires to be. Like, he sure. he is not a guy, and even, I mean, he literally says it in, in the Players' Tribune thing he wrote the other, like, he is not a guy that his, light, his entire life is football. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like you have to be the... All I do is ball. All I know is ball. Um, and so, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, the, the problem is I don't know if I have a better answer than that. I think, you know, look, the character, one of the character traits that they take with these guys is that they want guys that have that intangible, 
right. the ability to teach others. Um, that's why Teddy came in, right? Yeah. If Teddy was still on the roster, he'd be the answer because he's right. already going to be a high school coach. Right. Right. Um, it's a t- that's a tough question because there's a lot of guys that I think fit the mold. Um, the, 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 the key I'm looking for is that kind of like it factor that we always talk about with coaches where like they can command a room. Mm-hmm. They can, they're like the, the front and center person. Like, like who, who in that locker room is a guy do you, that you think like everyone kind of gravitates towards? Well, it'd be your captains, right? Yeah. Like it'd be, it'd be Panay. It'd be Frank. But I mean, I, like, like I almost seem like Decker is a pretty good answer for this too. Decker is a Decker's to watch how he has matured and like yeah. taken a more business approach and like it's sensational. Yeah. Um, like Sam Laporta has the the mind of yeah. a coach. That's right. why he's so successful, right? Yeah. He has because he has that mentality. Um. It, I don't want to start thinking about Sam Laporta's post-playing career after well, year one. About, <laughs> I, I know we're talking about tw- you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 15, 20 years down the line here. Sure. Um, but Anzalone makes a ton of sense because he's another captain. Yep. Right. And so yeah, all those guys. I mean, Teddy was the real. Teddy was really the obvious right. answer. But if right. we're not including intangible guys, like it's. It's yeah. hard to say. It's a good, it's a really good question. But I think part of the, the reason why Teddy's a really good answer is like, because like giving to the next generation was always so important to him. It remains to be so important to him. And if you ever spent a second in that locker room, mm. everyone gravitated towards that man. Like he was, he was the guy that everyone could relate to that anybody could talk to. And so that, that to me is a key thing of what makes Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell. I think Amon Ra could do it too, if he wanted to. You know what I mean? I also don't yeah. think I'm on. I think I'm on. The sky is the limit for what I'm yeah. on. Rod he can do whatever the hell he wants after football. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, like you can already see like what I'm trying to now I'm trying to think like to like practices and, tra- and yeah. like what I like. I see him teaching these guys. I see Josh mm-hmm. Reynolds teaching sure. guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But like I'm on raw. I don't know. I think I'm on raw could do anything he wanted. So. All right. That's a good question. Good question. I think we might squeeze two and more. I might skip out on the kicker question. We'll see. Maybe the kicker question is overtime. Uh, But Caitlin Rose with the next question here says, out of all the players from the 2023 draft class, which player do you see having the biggest jump in production next year and why? Well, the thing is, is with this question is that you already had starter level production out of Four. Uh, yeah, three, three and a half, four, right? Yeah. If you want to count, Jack was basically splitting it with with Barnes. Right. Um, I think the only, so uh, look, it, they only had six draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think it's, so if it's not one of those four and it's not Hendon Hooker, no, they because had, you got caught, they had seven. right? They had seven. Because Roger Martin and... Uh, Colby. Oh, that's that's right. I forgot about Colby. I don't know why I didn't think of Colby. How you Colby is everyone I talk about talk, talk about a guy who everyone gravitates towards. Colby is oh like goodness. the most appreciative, friendly, kind-hearted, big-bodied yes. man you've ever met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sweaty hugs and all. Um, <laughs> he um, 
I don't think Colby's ready to start. I don't think Broderick is ready to start either. Mm -hmm. But I think Broderick can contribute, which is a heck of a lot more than he was doing last year. Right. They and tried so that, it once and they're like, never again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he has the opportunity to make the biggest jump from where he was at. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Now, even if, even if he makes the biggest jump from where he was at, I still don't think he's going to be anywhere near where any of the first four picks are. Like all those right. first four picks are ingrained in contributing roles. Yeah. And Broderick may only come in and get you 12 snaps a game, but that's 12 more than he had been giving you. Right. And so that is the, that I could see him having the biggest jump. Yeah. Right. The only way that someone makes a bigger jump than that is if Colby wins a starting job and he's playing every snap. That's the only way. And so if you're asking me what's more likely Colby to win a starting job or Broderick to play 12 snaps, I'm going to, I'll go with Broderick. I, I think most of that is right. My answer is still Jack Campbell though, because I think he could outright. Yeah. He, he could, he could win the starting job outright. I think, I think yeah. his level of play just has a lot of room to grow. Um, not necessarily. Sure. No, not, it certainly does. Right. And and I think it'll come. Now, we learned this year that year three is is oftentimes that the, there's a year three jump rather than a year two jump, although a year two jump is very much a, a real thing, too. Um, yes. So like with a guy like Colby Sorzel, with a guy like Broderick Martin, I think those are more year three candidates to jump than year two. Yep. With with with, I, with Jack, I think you could see a year two. He he's gotten he's already had a lot of experience under his belt, right? That's we just talked about it at the beginning of the in the first segment. Like that experience is so important to development. Broderick Martin and Colby Sorrell still didn't get those. They might this year, but with Jack, I feel like we need to start seeing it more. He doesn't, you know, he yeah. doesn't have to be an All Pro. He doesn't have to be a Pro Bowler this this upcoming season, but. I need to see a little bit more of the flashes. And I, I think we will like that dude is going to work his butt off this off season. He doesn't have to work his butt off for the NFL draft, right? The the second off season is always way different and way more valuable than the first off season for rookies. Yep. And so I, I think in terms of level of play, in terms of contributions, all of that, I think Jack Campbell is the guy that I see taking the biggest year to jump. Yeah. I, look, the, I agree with you that when you see the flashes, that he can produce, it shows you what he's capable of, yep. right? Because there are times when he moves in a way that you're like, that six foot five, 260 pound man should not move like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. and when he hits people, they just stop. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, I remember why he's the first round pick now. Right. Um, so if the mental part catches up with his physical part, he could absolutely be a starter and they yep. could go, they could be a totally different style of, of, of defense and like, and he could be real hard to take off the field. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll fit it in from Lush Philbin at five times the destiny on Twitter. Yes. Thoughts on using a third round pick to draft the Crimson Tide kicker. That is a hard sell. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry. Like it, it, it's any suggesting any kicker to go in the top 100 is tough. It's a tough sell. 
Yeah. Because there's no guarantee that the kicker, j- just because you take them earlier, doesn't guarantee that they're going to be successful. Right? Like, the, I I did a mailbag last year, and anyone who's a Pride of Detroit Direct subscriber has already yeah. seen me link to it because I, I talked about it a little bit this week in, in the mailbag over there. The history, the recent history of drafting kickers is yeah. a graveyard. Yeah. It is bad. And so what? if you're going to do it, no earlier than the sixth round. I'm okay with doing it in the sixth and seventh round because, because at that point you're talking about special teams contributors anyways. Mm-hmm. But f- like it is, I am not discussing drafting a kicker in the first four rounds, maybe like a compensatory fifth. You could convince me. Don't do it. Jake Moody went 99. He was picked 99 mm-hmm. last year. And he missed a field goal in every playoff game the 49ers played in. And a pretty notable um, extra point in the Super Bowl. Well, right. He missed a kick, right? A kick, yeah. Um, he also hit from 50, whatever, 54, yeah. 56, whatever that was, right? Right. Um, so that's kind of like what you're if you're spending that capital, you're still getting a guy that may only hit 80 something percent of his kicks, right? Like 80 to right. 85% of his kicks. And he, yeah, he's got a big leg, but he isn't necessarily going to hit it in critical moments. Like we talked about the hit rate on certain positions being like higher or lower. Right. And we've talked about like, We've all at at nauseum previously talked about quarterbacks and the bust rate of taking quarterbacks. The bust rate on taking kickers is like the worst, right? 80%. It's crazy. It's, it's like, so I would be against drafting a kicker in the top 100. Yeah. I'm not against drafting a kicker period. But if you're taking them before the fifth round, when the picks start becoming flyers, I I don't think I'd be necessarily as happy. Fifth I'm round and, and beyond, I'm okay with that. Okay. Glad we're generally on the same wavelength there. <laughs> and and to be clear, this isn't me saying the lines don't need to change their kicker situation. I, I'm of the belief they're gonna they're gonna re-sign Badgley and then they're gonna bring in more competition. Like they pretty much do all offseason. I'm hoping that there's a little bit more of an investment in there because I do think it is important to get a guy that you can trust from over 50 yards and not have to use when your arm is is being completely twisted. But that doesn't mean drafting. That doesn't mean spending a ton of draft capital on it. So that's where I'm at. Uh, But I think we're going to use that. I mean, we're talking about kickers, which means it's probably time to go. So we'll be doing these every week again. Um, There might be here and there weeks that we miss because of, you know, the combine's coming up. Uh, I'll be down in Florida a little bit for the off-season meetings and, and free. we'll be in the middle of free agency and all that sort of stuff. But if you ever want to join us live, we generally run these during the off-season on Wednesdays around noon. Again, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit or youtube.com slash at Pride of Detroit. But until next time, I'm Jeremy. That's Eric over there, depending on where you're looking at him or just hearing him. Uh, we will be back next time. It's Cass. Be good.